Well, greetings, folks. This week on Weekly Kingdom Outlook, I want to discuss a very controversial topic. Do the Jews have an old covenant to still rely on for salvation? It's a very, very tricky topic. Okay. And it's one, it's a tricky topic because once you get into it, people want to call you an anti-Semite. So I'm going to let you know this. If I was an anti-Semite, I would not preach salvation to the Jews. I would hide it from them. I wouldn't want them to know it. The truth of the matter is I want all the Jewish people to come to the faith in Christ so they can get, as Paul says in Romans, they can be grafted back in to where they're supposed to be. Okay, because I believe it's God's heart and I believe he loves the Jews. Okay, I don't believe in any persecution of the Jews. It's not why I'm saying this. But, you know, in the last 20 years, I've had to tell pastors there are no two covenants. They don't have an old covenant, and we have a new covenant. We are the covenant which was made to the Jews. We forget that it says that you know the gospel is preached to the Jews first, then the Gentile. Okay, so I want you to know that that my only heart here, my only motive here, is salvation for the Jews. Now, this is what the Jews do not have to do if they receive Christ. You don't have to become Gentile. You don't have to become. Um, you don't have to give up your holidays, your your traditions, and all that stuff. By means, do not do that. If that's what you want to, we have Christmas. You can have the fall festivals, and they're coming up. Amen. Okay. Um, you can keep the Sabbath. Here's the only difference: is you can do it, and you could do it righteous. You know, do it godly, godly living. And you, by the way, I suggest you keep doing that. But you're not made righteous by doing. You're only made righteous through faith in Christ. Okay, him who knew no sin became sin for us, that through him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So it is by faith you're going to become righteousness. And by the way, when Abraham believed God and was accounted to him for righteousness, Jesus actually says, Abraham saw my day. And that's what Abraham was actually putting his faith in. You know, we, we, read, we read a passage of Scripture, and we think it's line-upon-line line dialogue and not realizing it's a summary. And we think there was nothing else said there. And that's a really bad way of understanding. We go, why didn't, why didn't they put it in there? Because God hid things until Christ. Okay? There was things hidden until Christ, until there was time to be revealed. All right? And so here comes Jesus of Nazareth. And so I, I want you to know that. Like, I go to church on Sunday. I pay tithes. I I um I give to the poor. I I I'm lo I'm kind. I'm loving. All that stuff, right? I pray. None of that makes me righteous, but it does make me godly. Okay, it's godly living. But I'm not righteous. I walk out righteousness that I receive by faith in Christ. That I walk that out by obeying His word. And this is where Christians listen to me. This is where the church needs to wake up. Because when we have a bunch of Christians who don't think it matters, doesn't think the Word of God matters, doesn't think any of that matters, they are a terrible, they are a disservice to Christ in witnessing. Jesus told us to disciple the nations and teach them all the things he taught them. Okay, so if you think that discipling has nothing to do with doing the things Christ taught us, then that makes no sense. Okay, it's not just I believe in Jesus, I'm gonna go live a hellish life. That doesn't work for God. Now God's merciful, so you might get away with it for a while. But I, I would rather have you um not do that and live a more righteous life before God 
uh, in Christ, okay? Because I, I just think that would be the best way for you to go forward on this. All right. So with that, let's look at some scriptures and and uh, let's talk about the new covenant and what happened to the old, okay? So now we'll read this together in Jeremiah, and it says this, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. In other words, it's a different covenant. He says, look it, I'm making a new covenant. With who? With Israel and Judah. Not with the Gentiles. With Israel and Judah. Okay? It's, it, it goes to the Gentiles. Okay? Paul explains this in Romans 9 through 11. He explains this. But it was meant for the Jews. And we are to be grafted. We are still grafted in to the Israelic line. Okay? We're still grafted into Jesus. But the gospel or the 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 Bible we read is Jewish. <laughs> you know, that's where our faith comes from. Okay? I would be, you know, if I was with Paul, Paul didn't stop his traditions. He didn't just give them all up. He just said, just let no one compel you by these things. Then no one find fault in you because you don't keep those things. All right, that's a different topic right now. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day that I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke. Though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Nor No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying, Know the Lord. For they all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I remember no more. Now, why is that important? In other words, the way you learned about God was by storytelling and passing it down. But in the new covenant, you get to know God personally because Jesus Christ died for you. And then you re, you take on, you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And now the Holy Spirit in you, and he's working from the inside out. Now, I've heard... Jewish scholars say, well, the Jew only cares about actions. God never cared about the heart. But that's not true. Because right here, we see that God does care about heart. Number two, he said, thou shalt not covet thy neighbors. He didn't say thou shalt not rob thy neighbors. He said, you're not even supposed to have a heart to go after, like you, a desire, a lust for your neighbor's stuff. That's a heart issue. That wasn't, a, that wasn't an action issue. That was a heart issue. And God explicitly commanded them not to covet their neighbor's stuff. Okay, so God did deal with the heart in the Old Testament. Paul says this in Romans after we're going to read Romans 7. We're not going to get to that part in Romans. But Paul says, I was blameless until it said thou shalt not covet. And what is he saying? When I got to that part, I realized outwardly I was fine. I wasn't doing any of those stuff. But I still had stuff inwardly that I could not deal with. That's what he's talking about. And a lot of Jewish uh, scholars go, well, you know, you see, Dennis Prager and sitting down with, with um, he had this un unfortunate video where he said, God doesn't care about pornography. He just cares about you committing adultery. Well, that's not true. Okay? That's not true. And uh, God, he said, God doesn't care. We're, we're not worried. Jews aren't worried about the heart. Well, this is a problem because God is. Okay? God is. Matter of fact, Jesus said this. With their lips, they praise me, but their hearts are far from me. Okay? 
that is an indictment on the fact that they thought it was okay to have conflicting um, motivations. Yes, I know not to do this, but I'm thinking about doing it, but I know not to. Like, I'm fantasizing, but I know not to. Okay. Romans 7. Let's go there. Um, well, here, look, look at what now. Because remember he said I was a husband to him. I, I want you to take note of that. Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over man as long as he lives. For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband lives, she marries another, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. Now, therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that he should bear fruit to God. Okay, so, so I want you to see that what Paul's saying is, look, Christ not only had to die for our sins, but he also had to die to kill the old covenant, to release Israel from the old covenant, because they were only in the covenant as long as he lived. That's what he's saying here. He said, because he died, now you can be married to the resurrected Jesus. Okay? We're not married to the crucified Christ. We're married to the resurrected Christ. Our old man went into the went into the uh, crucified Christ. Our new man is in the resurrected Christ. Okay? And so it's really important that we kind of look at this stuff accurately. And there is, Paul, you know, uh, Peter says this, there, nor is there salvation in any other name, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Look it. There is no there is no um, other heaven, other opportunity for the Jew to get saved. They can't work their way there. Works aren't going to do it because you're not perfect. That means if you you break anything. And then the question is, what, what part of the law are you going to keep? What part of the law are you going to keep? And part of the problem might be the desire for to keep traditions, but traditions make the word of God of no effect. And that can be part of that problem, right, that we're having. The point being this, and I can go into this a lot longer. Hey, put a comment down in there. Let me know if you want me to go into this even more. I want to see every Jewish person saved. I don't want to see him become Christian. I want to see him be saved. I want to see the Jews and the Gentiles come together in one faith, in one God, we have a lot that we can learn from 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 our from our friends, the Jewish people. We have a lot to learn, okay. But they have a lot they can learn from us as well, okay. And I want you to know, for the Ben Shapiro's and the Dennis Prager's, there is no salvation in your works. There's none. You do not have an old covenant. You do not have an old covenant. It's your, it, you know, you might not like the New Testament, but your old scripture, your own scriptures say. God did away with the old. I'll make a new covenant with them. Why? Because you broke the old one. 
You worshiped false gods. You broke his commandments. You became just really Satanist at some point, too. There was just like a period where they were offering up children on the fire. I mean, they broke the covenant. And I want you to find rest for your soul. I don't want you to become a Christian, but I do want you to become a follower of Christ. I do want to offer you that new life in Jesus. So I'm going to actually pray right now. Maybe you're Jewish. Maybe you're watching this. And maybe you're going, man, I, I never understood this. I don't want you to become a Christian. That's not the goal. The goal is not for you to become me. The goal is for you to follow him who was raised from the dead and died for all your sins and now lives and he's calling you home. So let's pray. Father, I thank you right now. Say this with me. Father, I thank you for giving me the revelation of your son, Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus suffered, died, and was buried and rose again on the third day to fulfill the scriptures and that he died for my sins and he lives for my salvation. I now, Father, put my faith in the finished work of the cross through your son, Jesus Christ, and all that he accomplished for me. Father, from this point forward, I will live for Jesus and for you. I will ask, Father, that you receive me into your family, graft me in and graft me back in to your holy vine. I thank you for it. And I ask you, Father, to forgive me of all my sins, even the big one where I did not believe in your son. I believe in him now. I receive him now. And I receive the promises of the new covenant now. I thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hallelujah. Look, if you actually prayed that prayer with me, would you put a comment? Maybe you want to direct message me or something like that. Understand this. I'm going to say this again. I'm not against the Jews. I want to see all the Jews come to faith in Jesus. And I would say this to you. As a Christian, if I believe Jesus is the only way, which I do, because the Bible says so, and I didn't share it with you passionately, then maybe I do have a problem with the Jews. See, if I withhold the gospel from anyone, that's not a good thing. And I don't want your lack of salvation to be upon me because I didn't share the truth. I want you to know that God loves you. And maybe you're watching this. Maybe just the fact you're watching this is actually a divine appointment from him. Amen. I love you. Comment below. I'll talk to you later. God bless you. Bye-bye.